Welcome to the Mindset Nebula, where we discuss all things design, technology, and SAP. My name is Ethan Jewett, and I'm here with John Bragg. Say hi, John. Hi, Ethan. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. How about you? Doing well. We've got Paru Sankarv. Hello. Very happy Hello. to be back again. Thanks for coming back. And we've got, let's see if I get this, Rob... No, I oh no, I did it wrong. New and you did it, you, or, or you did it right, and I've been. <laughs> or I did it right. All these years, no, right? no. <laughs> but yeah, welcome. Is, it, are you, you. is this the first time on the Mindset Nebula, Rob? This is my first, my inaugural voyage. So happy to be here, guys. Oh, I'm looking forward. Welcome. To it. Thank you. Oh, we'll yeah, have some so, good questions for him then. Oh yeah, it's going to be <laughs> great. So yeah, we uh, we pulled a few colleagues here from Mindset together for our um, Sapphire preview episode. Um, this will probably be coming out right after the global keynote, um, which is happening on the second. Uh, so we can kind of give our predictions, talk about what we're looking forward to with Sapphire, and then um, and then it'll all get just destroyed by the keynote. I'm sure that we'll have a totally different point of view. So we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting to see whether how close we get here. Um, so let's let's jump in. Um, you know, I thought we could kind of start off by talking maybe a little bit about some of the pluses and minuses of a virtual event. It's virtual Sapphire again this year. Um, you know, Rob, what do you what do you think about about virtual versus the in-person uh, Sapphire experience? Yeah, so um, I haven't actually been for a few years uh, to Sapphire. So I'm really interested to see, um, you know, my, my, my experience with it. And, you know, what I anticipate is a lot of the things that I didn't appreciate about a, a ginormous event held over, you know, acres and acres of of class class <laughs> and um vendor showcase area was um you know just difficult to get around um juggling the different sessions and wanting to see things that are in different wings of different buildings at the same time and and having to to budget your time in ways that that aren't appreciated and then ending up in a session that doesn't turn out to be maybe as valuable as you were hoping it might be and, and wishing you had gone to one of the other ones. Um, I anticipate that having a virtual ability to jump in and out will certainly be an advantage in that case and um, really kind of tailor maybe more towards finding the most valuable information. So um, I'm anxious about that. Uh, certainly the visuals and being able to see the information will be better when it's on, you know, a big monitor right in front of my face rather than sitting in the back of one of those rooms. So that'll be helpful. Um, I will miss the networking um, that, you know, the in-person networking that happens at these events and seeing people that, that I've worked with and various stops in my career and, and catching up with them and, um, and meeting new people and, and better understanding what they're doing on the platform. So that part, I'm sure, will be watered down quite a bit from from what it is. You know, that's just a, a richer part of of the yeah. the scene. So those, I guess, those are those are all relatively obvious. Um, but I'm uh, I'm certainly eager for um, the kind of the learning and the experience of it, and hopefully, it'll be you know, it'll be a lot of good information that we can digest. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Other other thoughts on the virtual versus the in-person events, pluses and minuses. I know I'm going to definitely miss the um, 
the networking piece, which is I think where I, where I usually spend most of my time at those events, I'm sure. I'll come back with a lot fewer stress balls and, and pens than before previously. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it won't, it won't be as That's lucrative. Swag <laughs> is always missing. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, uh, Rob, what you just told me struck me as very interesting because I was trying to schedule my uh, uh, my sessions for this year, the ones I want to watch. And just as I was picking out interesting ones, it kicked me out of the earlier interesting ones I had registered for just because uh, there was a conflict of the time, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to go back to my favorites and find back all those ones and then really think about which ones. Uh, so the danger of uh, going virtual is also there are very uh, many sessions you want to attend at the same time, but you can't register to. So hopefully uh, that gets um, going. Um, but uh, nevertheless, I think the best part about having virtual uh, thing is that that distance of walking and walking and walking over the place will be reduced. Uh, and that be so maybe I can, we can catch more sessions. Uh, however, I will still miss the networking part. I will miss meeting friends that I haven't met for so many years and found back on the floor. And another thing I will miss is certainly there are many things that I found out and learned just because it was right in front of my eyes. Uh, here I have to go looking for what I'm interested in, but there are many things that I may not be interested in knowing about that I would be interested in and uh, just by chance learn about something, right? So that's the part I think I will miss a lot. Yeah, I yeah. found that that serendipity of just kind of walking around the, the little booths on the show floor for all the products and like and finding the one where there was a product owner that was looking bored and no one was talking to them. So you can go over and really like learn from learn about it from the person who who uh, who built it and knows it was was that was a very valuable aspect of yeah, that. that that part was really good. Do you know have do they have any of those sessions of, that they're making available electronically that you can pop in and do that? I haven't I haven't seen it on on the on the website. I d I didn't really see them on the schedule yeah. exactly, but if I'm sure there's some analogous type of thing. Yeah, I'd be curious if there's like a virtual site that you can you can jump into for different products and different product owners. Um, I know. Uh, as as you were talking there, Paru, I was I was remembering the last in-person Sapphire. Uh, they also held the customer experience forum mm -hmm. uh, the same days as as Sapphire, but it was in a totally separate building. So not only are you walking around, you know, the the Sapphire floors. That if you want to go to any other sessions or in the customer experience space, which I did, you had to take like a tunnel and a bridge and an overview to a whole separate building across the highway. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm never going to make it back in time for, uh, you know, for, for other SAP partners, there's, there's what's called booth time. So you're supposed to be in the booth when you sign up to be in the booth. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm never going to make it back for this. So it's, um, it's definitely a lot of walking around. It'll be a lot easier to, to click on a, on a video link to, to go to a session versus walk around. But I will, I, I remember each each Sapphire I run into just walking around, run into a person I, I worked with, you know, like 10, 15 years ago that I didn't expect to see at Sapphire. And that, that was probably one of the coolest things is just to catch up with, with old colleagues and, and see what they're up to and, and see how, how everybody's career has, has gone over, over the way. So that will, that will definitely be missed for, by me as well. 
it was my healthiest time john to your <laughs> reference about walking yeah. around the most number <laughs> gonna, of uh, steps during the year where are you going to get your time. steps now it's like well, i didn't i didn't move all day i got 112 steps right glued <laughs> to the session yeah i think we used to even have a sapphire group of people who just met at sapphire most of the time and uh, still connected to uh, that group of uh, very closely knit mentors and uh, consultants and so on are uh, often my um, let's say think tank whom i can go back to and check how are their projects doing and uh, learn a little more about their projects and so on so that external exposure was invaluable Yeah, soon, right? Let's hope. Soon, <laughs> soon we get back to something like that. Next year in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. I got to say the the you know, switching between buildings and that kind of thing in Orlando, sometimes you would just end up being wet. It mm-hmm. was just, uh, just rough. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we can find a better location <laughs> from a weather perspective. <laughs> maybe not to have not to have lunch like uh, also a building over or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I think the most difficult part was when you enter the elevator to go to uh, sapphire and i used to typically have um, a lot of customer meetings and booth duty right so um, uh, you enter the elevator and it's full of kids uh, families who are going to disney world <laughs> and you are there in your suit and uh, formal dress and uh, it's it's such a big contrast the temptation so. just to follow them <laughs> like wait here <laughs> The other thing we're going to miss is all the in the in the vendor showcase area all the the enormous volume of of blinking ringing bells and lights and everything for <laughs> for felt like about a half a mile as you went through all that that certainly is a, a visual and an audio element that that's going to going to be missing so yeah. you know and on the subject of blinking lights i thought I thought it would be fun to like to just read through the whole session list and note down the most common buzzwords that that I saw in the sessions this year. Um it's sort of like a little sport I have at Sapphire of going around and seeing, you know, what the big words are. Um and uh it was it was kind of interesting this year. There are a lot of um a lot of old faithfuls, I would say. Um you've got your I can go through some of them, but you've got your uh, your intelligent and agile and a lot of a lot of accelerate sessions. How you can accelerate this or that, um, which is which is pretty normal. The um, customer experience is definitely still big this year. Um, resilience was a really big one this year. I, I'm guessing probably because of the the change in working style over the last over the last year. Um, and then, of course, BTP, the business um, technology platform. I always want to say transformation still, but the business technology platform <laughs> and the uh, and rise. Um, were there any other sort of themes um, or buzzwords, if we want to call them that, that that you all noticed and or are are seen as important for this year's Sapphire? So before we answer that, I'm I'm curious, Ethan, how long you've done this because you must have had a field day when when the like the Leonardo marketing term came out the year for oh. the for the cloud platform. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's not my, you know, I it, it used to be something that kind of annoyed me, I think, and so now I've really embraced it, and now I just now, <laughs> now I just now I, I just want to know what words they use. <laughs> That's actually awesome. Trying to understand. I, I, I um. 
I took a more cynical approach. I think probably like you in, in the beginning and, and Leonardo really struck me on that one. Cause that was the first time I really thought like, wow, SAP's SAP's marketing team is like the best in the business on, you know, being able to, to, to pull off a, a global Sapphire to, to market things right on time, to have big announcements, to, to make sure that, that a lot of the, a lot of the products are held until then. And, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of upkeep on that. And I know Peru's laughing because he's like, yeah, that's, 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 they, they came up with that the night before. <laughs> so there's something out of a Dilbert there, right? I mean, the, yeah. the, the marketing people are promising and, and marketing this, this massive new uh, capability that's coming in and engineers kind of scratching their heads saying, yeah, we're almost there. <laughs> Ethan, you, you you kind of listed out all those buzzwords. I, I was thinking, um, they're, they're, I wonder how many sessions don't actually mention BTP um, when I was looking through the list. <laughs> every, you know, they they find their way to weave it into uh, just about every topic of conversation that that um, you know that they present in one way or the other. Yeah, I was I was mostly focusing on the titles, and there are a lot of titles that don't mention BTP. But then once you get into the abstracts, yeah, it's it's there for for pretty much all of them. Um, it's you know, I mean, as we all know, the the definition of BTP is expansive, right? And yep. um, it's not only cloud; it, it includes a lot of on-premise sort of um, components, and so. Um, most customers of SAP are running some part of the BTP stack um, in some way. So it, it, yeah. they, they can kind of work it into everything. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think there were a lot of uh, the more interesting sessions on the topic were certainly more cloud-based, more about how to accelerate your, your journey to the cloud and how um, SAP, of course, hopes that they can help you with that. Um, and... I mean, I, I think I find that a lot of the lessons from those types of, of discussions can be can be universal. So whether or not you're interested in actually buying BTP, it's going to be a, a relatively similar approach a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it also depends on which angle you are looking into the sessions from, because uh, typically I went into a lot of the LOB-related sessions and there was hardly any BTP, right? It was mostly yep. Svahana Cloud or one of the um, other cloud applications like Ariba and SuccessFactors. So I think... Um, yeah. And in those sessions, one thing that always stood out was experience. I mean, even for um, the non-success factors part. Mm. So there is always one keyword you can all uh, find in whichever session. Uh, and um, interestingly, a lot of the application-related sessions also had BTP, mainly on, I think, because of the touch point with the intelligent enterprise, which then touches on the integration side. And mm -hmm. uh, as well, what was surprising for me is there was not... I couldn't find so much on business process uh, management as much as I expected to considering the rise. So it could be that it's folded into the rice announcements, but I would have. Yeah, I was, that's what I was thinking. They'd probably bury it in there as one of the capabilities of the platform and, and you'll hear plenty about it, but there's, there's a lot else in that story. So it, it, it could probably get drowned out pretty mm -hmm. quickly. Yeah, I was actually, I was curious, Paru, did you see um, business transformation? As a as a wording in in a lot of those functional sessions, or, not really. or no, not really. Uh, it's all about experience. There are yeah. some with that. So, Rob, go ahead. 
I would just saw it, it I had actually written down in one of the abstracts I saw they were, when they were talking about Rise, they, they described how it offers business transformation as a service. Yes, and exactly. I, I had to <laughs> laugh a little bit. I'm like, that's a, that's a marketing engine in overdrive there, man. Uh, business transformation as a service. That's good. Sounds awesome. Let's do that. <laughs> so transformation was not on my list. And I, yeah, I didn't, see, I didn't think that it was a big one this year. Um, any other ones that are missing? That well, we... you had digital transformation on your list. That's true, but not the business transformation. <laughs> yeah, it, there was a lot of digital. There was a lot of digital and digital transformation. Rob, you're better at reading my own list than I am. I shouldn't have shared that document. Um, <laughs> but um, no, yeah. So what else is missing? I, like, I I know that you know two years ago it was all about the the um, the sort of Qualtrics CX type of stuff, and there's still a lot of discussion of customer experience, and there's a certain amount of of Qualtrics that's involved with that that's showing up in some of these discussions. Um, you know, I, maybe the whole CX uh, two years ago at, at Sapphire, the whole CX uh, conference being separate was a was sort of a premonition of the upcoming reverse uh, acquisition. Um, divestiture, I don't know what it's called, but um, which worked out pretty well for SAP in the end, let's be honest. Um, yeah. But the... But yeah, so customer experience, I mean, whether or not Qualtrics is actually directly directly part of the conference and, and the, the offering, it's certainly a, still a big topic that um, SAP is, is focused on. Um, I didn't see a lot of Fiori. That, yeah, that I didn't either. Not there at all this year. Yeah, I was, I was, I, it was, it was noticeably um, muted from, from all the abstracts that I was looking at, um, which yeah. was, which was interesting to me. And it's obviously still a big part of their, their strategy, but it, because it's so embedded within S4 and, and, you know, some of the other offerings, I think it just doesn't capture the same um, amount of attention. And, and there's clearly a lot of focus on BTP and RISE um, it, it's, as complementary pieces to the S4 strategy. Um, so I think that's that, that maybe that's why it's there, but I noticed the same thing. I did not see a lot of mention of it. It's yeah. become electricity like. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. Like mobile, has it just become, right? has it so just become part of mm -hmm. what is expected, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's not, maybe they've sort of won the war of, of pushing out Fiori into all the products. And now it's just kind of the SAP design, the SAP look and feel. The other keyword I think that is uh, that I would have expected to see more of, but it's still there, is the sustainability because the whole of last year, that is what the management was uh, talking about, climate and sustainability. So I was surprised to see uh, not so much of a hype around it. So. Interestingly, I went to uh, so the, the Global Partner Summit day was, was, uh, was earlier and um, one of the a couple of the BTP sessions they did focus on sustainability like this is how we want to go forward this is how we want to use these things but it wasn't a it wasn't an overall session call out it wasn't a focus it was just like oh yeah this is part of BTP and how we want to run in the future you know kind of a, a bit of a side note so yeah it was interesting to see more of it as a, a little bit of a muted focus there as well um, Coming back to your point, Ethan, on, on customer experience and CXM, I've always been curious, like not, not just for this Sapphire, but long-term in the, in the Qualtrics play. Um, obviously that was, you know, more of a uh, Bill McDermott CEO type, 
type decision <laughs> that uh, going into Qualtrics and, and that that was only a couple of years there. But I always expected more in the actual S4 space on customer experience versus them really focusing more on success factors and CRM and CXM and a lot of the the, the cloud sales tools that, that they offer. That's where most of the integrations lie. And um, I was, I w- I've always been surprised since it's, you know, customer experience to them is yes, an end customer to their customers, but truly for the, for the software of SAP, their customers are end users mm-hmm. and they, they don't really focus on, on the end user piece or people that are using S4, uh, especially in that Qualtrics kind of CXM space. The one area where I saw a couple of abstracts that were talking about this where it was in the, the context of, of AI and personalization um, being embedded capabilities in S4 and, and those being some of the, you know, maybe the, the newer capabilities in the platform to drive a more personalized, uh, richer customer experience um, was really kind of the gist of the abstract, but they had, they, they led with it more as a, as an AI and a personalization play. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another area that I tend to look for at um, more at TechEd, but definitely in Sapphire is the, the SAP runs SAP um, sort of sessions. Cause I'm really always curious about how SAP uses its own software. Um, I think that, um, you know, especially for the, for the, the sort of S4 on-premise, um, all that kind of software, SAP is the best in the business at running that stuff. And it, SAP's customers could learn a lot from the way SAP does things um, internally. And so, um, yeah, so I always want to see those sessions. I, I think, you know, most of them this year look like they're actually about um, about cloud software and a lot of success factors and that kind of thing, which is which is great. Um, there is there is one session around the finance transformation that SAP is is going through internally with S four um, that looked really potentially very interesting. And so there's always a lot to those sessions tend to always be very information rich, um, and and there's a lot to learn there. So that's definitely one that I'm looking forward to. But I wanted to see more of them. <laughs> and I didn't see didn't see a ton. So fingers crossed for TechEd. Similarly, I, I always enjoy uh, the <clears throat> the customer stories and 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 kind of the the journeys that that they've undertaken with the with their implementation of their products. You know, the the marketing hype is is interesting to listen to, but you often have to pick through you know what's real and 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 what's maybe a little more vapor or. Um, future um you know promise I, the, the customer sessions you know they're, they're generally optimistic because they you know they've if they're presenting it at sapphire and they you know they're kind of coming through the you know the presentation channel and seeing what's there but you get a little bit more of the story like you know this is kind of what we had in mind and here's some of the you know, kind of some of the sacrifices we may have had to make, or here's here's where it was harder than we thought it was going to be, or where, you know, the the promise maybe didn't, you know, come full circle to to what we were expecting, and I think those those types of sessions are always really valuable to me in terms of thinking about okay, how do how do we really think about approaching this with some of our customers, and and where can we where can we provide value added experience and advice to them based on kind of the, the lumps and hard knocks that other customers have had. 
Yeah, I, I, that, that's exactly what I'm going to miss the most because I, I think I took a lot of uh, a lot of uh, really good sessions from from customers to see, you know, where based on exactly what you said, Rob, you know, where where is the marketing hype, and then where is the actual market? You know, what are the customers going through today versus what you know maybe two years later for or or longer for customers to actually get into some of those environments? Like when we talk about BTP, S4, Rise, you know, we're, we're having these conversations with our customers, but, you know, a lot of them, to be honest, still aren't on S4. A lot of them are, a lot of them aren't. So, you know, it's kind of that, how, how far is the market behind what SAP is coming out with right now? And that, that was always really, really interesting to me in these, in, in Sapphire, at least. Yeah. And I think that is where also the partner sessions are extremely interesting because they bring uh, very different customer uh, stories out uh, instead of just one dimensional. One thing that I always did miss at Sapphire is a, a kind of panel discussion of different customers coming together typically happened during keynotes, but there were not enough of that happening in the individual tracks. And I, I haven't seen uh, again over here uh, those kind of ones uh, where uh, um, a panel of customers come together to discuss their experiences on certain topics. So that is something I would certainly wish to see in future Sapphire. Uh, the part that I also think um, this time at Sapphire in comparison to last Sapphires is I see more of the bigger partners uh, sessions, but not so many of uh, boutique partner sessions. So this is something also uh, interesting because bigger partners have a very different let's say a mass perspective of things, whereas um, uh, boutique partners typically tend to have very hands-on related uh, experiences. I mean, this is where that group of mentors that I used to meet up with brought to the table because those were really hands-on experiences, right? So I, I will miss that for sure. Yeah, and absolutely. There were a lot of the, a lot of the partner sessions were definitely the, the very large ones this year. Um, so, Maybe we can talk a little bit about, we've, we've talked a bit about topics, but um, but maybe we can talk about the main topics that we're kind of thinking that SAP might hit on in their, um, in their keynotes um, and throughout the conference. So I know that we we've kind of in mindset, we put together a list of a few topics that we thought were going to be really key. Um, the... I mean, what what does our esteemed panel here think as far as the main topics for for Sapphire? We already talked about BTP, of course. What else? What else will we see? Rise, 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 like we rise, know, rise. We know a few there. Yeah, my my big Lots question is is <laughs> is Rise going to be number one or is BTP going to be number one? I feel like you know, rise, rise is the business BTP. version. Yeah, I I think they might lead with Rise and then say BTP is enables Rise because of the business transformation as a service platform. I don't know. Yeah, I would guess that's <laughs> correct, especially for Sapphire. It's I I don't think that they are leading with technology anymore, um, so to speak. So I don't know that BTP is gonna be the Sort of yeah, that's a, that's a really good um, point, Ethan. When you think about the core audience, <clears throat> Sapphire versus TechEd, right? I mean, they're just completely different groups and it, it has a different feel and a different tone and tenor to everything that's kind of presented there. And the, the executive buyer, the person at the top of the house who's, who's you know, 
working and signing the the big contracts with SAP are the ones that are that are thinking about things like how am I going to make this work with the cloud vendor? How am I going to um, you know stagger my my procurement? How am I going to balance these things? And 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 how do I how do I get you know a, a simpler um, plan around that 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 I can understand and that I can I can bring through my executive teams, and that's really what they're trying to hit on with Rise. And so if there's a, ever an audience that that you want to hammer that home, it's it's the one that we're going to see at Sapphire. So I I agree with you. I I think that's going to be kind of the headliner, and um, certainly there will be no lack of discussion of the business technology platform, but um, Rise will be a, a pretty big topic. And also because I think there still is, in general, a fair amount of confusion about what it all is and how it all works. And so, you know, if, if they're paying attention, which again, they're, they're shrewd marketers, I'm sure they are, they've heard the stories that, that this is still somewhat you know, cloudy for people, and maybe they need to take the opportunity to continue to work their way through the, the murkiness to, to help people understand it better. It wasn't the pun that I expected to see coming on rise the, that it's that it's cloudy. It's cloudy. It was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I wish I had written that down. <laughs> is, there a, is there a chance of meatballs anywhere? Else? No. <laughs> Lunch could be good. It's half higher this year. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right. Um, yeah, Pyro, did you did you have a topic? Yeah, I, uh, as I said, uh, rice would be uh, my uh, assumption as well. Also, because there are so so many of the topics that were clubbed under rice, right? I mean, almost all of SAP is now a part of the rice, so that is one uh, aspect. And then the second one that I would think about is the whole intelligent enterprise, and again, how that spans out. Um, and I think that hasn't died yet, though it's been there now. I think it's the third or fourth Sapphire where it will be there. So from that perspective, still very valid. Uh, uh, and also the cloudy part of how it touches the intelligent enterprise, that definition has changed a little bit after price was announced. So that clarification of what does that actually mean is also uh, very important for everybody to hear. Uh, there are several things that uh, many customers find out at Sapphire, and this is a really good time uh, to showcase the clarity around that because when rice was announced clarity was missing and they there has been enough time to work on that yeah. another another kind of core constituency around sapphire is the the partners and the, and the partner conference and i do wonder if sap's you know they've been sort of um adjusting the rise uh message and structure while working with their partners over the last six months and i wonder if it's they'll be taking that opportunity to kind of really roll out a more clear vision of how that's going to work for everybody. Um, and some of those conversations will be difficult and, and some of them will be welcome. Um, but I think everybody's still looking for a lot of clarity there as well in the partner network. And Ethan, I wonder whether the uh, presence of lack of presence of the smaller partners are also a result of that, right? Uh, if you look into the rice, uh, who has worked on the rice, it has mostly been the uh, big partners who have worked on the rice or has been closer to rice. So from that, uh, whereas when S4HANA Cloud was announced, it 
was a lot of uh, boutique partners that were on uh, taken on to kind of get used to this for hana cloud and to spread the message on as for hana cloud so there is a, a shift in what what uh, has happened when the public cloud was announced and now when rice was announced it's a completely different uh, target group from a partner perspective and i think that is also where it will be a kind of pity if they don't pull all the partners along because one of the strengths of sap has always been the partner network and what the partner network bring to the customers as well and that's something sap should keep in mind yeah absolutely it's yeah. a really good point i think one one thing i heard too in the in in the partner day was um a little bit more detail around rise and how they're going to start to to go to market in the very specific lines of business so having having more of that detail within each industry within each each area that they want to focus in with with rise you know as they as they go through their quote unquote you know like like they talked about business transformation as a service <laughs> which is more of that business process intelligence you know some of the tools that they use for migrations and then finally get into s4 coming up that curve of getting people into that is best practice line of business processes and seeing seeing how that works and how that plays out so i i expect that um, you know with rise being one of the main topics a lot of those those breakouts from product owners will be very line of business focused i i remember in previous sapphires you know when s4 came out a lot i do remember a lot of the like you said Ethan, you know you, you find a product owner that was a little bit less busy than others and you, and you go in and talk to them i found a lot of the a lot of the line of business folks that were there from either you know whether it was automotive or rail or, or stuff like that they they weren't that busy two or three years ago and and i think and i think now is they're really starting to dive into look let's let's really deep dive into this industry see their pain see their points and and try to bring that in with rise uh, along with of course BTP is a as a go to market platform. Uh, this is also driven out of the industry cloud initiative that uh, SAP started one and a half years back also in conjunction with intelligent enterprise and now it kind of um, comes together with the rise so that will be very interesting to see. Yeah and that's a good differentiation play for SAP you know vis-a-vis some of the other um you know kind of the 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 heavyweight hyperscalers and and their capabilities which you know ultimately SAP is competing against to some degree um but you know for some of the services on the clouds even even though there there's there's a coexistence play there um but the more that those industry specific solutions that SAP is leading can can you know bring their way forward in those cloud properties i think that that gives them a, a stronger selling proposition I think one very interesting thing I saw uh, for the first time in my life, uh, because I am now logging in from India, I get to see uh, Asia Pacific sessions directly, and that was related to mid market. Uh, every most of the sessions have the tag mid market, mid market. So uh, that is another aspect I would be interested to see what Rice comes up with, whether Rice figures at all in those sessions on mid market, and uh, there are a lot of initiatives. that um uh, sap came up with basically to help people set up own change management trainings and so on that might be relevant for the mid market so i'm very curious to dive more into the mid market sessions to see exactly how it will be positioned and actually you when you think about it, it rise might be you know potentially 
more attractive to some of those mid-market players because they don't, you know, they don't already have maybe a, a massive cloud strategy that's driving other parts of their their enterprise and and their and you know a vendor management organization that that's already you know optimizing the spend on that. And so okay. the the consolidated play that Rise brings together would would potentially offer a, a more attractive offering for some of those 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 size companies. Yeah. Hey Ethan. Um, you, there was a, a topic I know that you expressed some interest in, and I'm actually eager to hear a little bit more about it. Um, do you want to talk a bit about collaborative documentation and what you're looking to see there? Ooh, yeah, I'm excited. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, it, it always takes forever for things to change, but, um, it, but yeah, I mean, Yelena, the the regular Yelena on this podcast, um, and I've been talking a little bit about um, what, what's happening around um, documentation and around learning and certification at um, with SAP? Um, it does seem like there may be there's kind of a, a bit of an opening coming maybe and and a, um, more of Learning Hub becoming available um, outside of the firewall, sort of so to speak. Um, you know, last TechEd there was a sort of a free. Um, a free version of Learning Hub that was available for attendees. And I'm kind of curious if something like that might happen for Sapphire as well, but maybe more focused on um, business applications and that kind of thing. Um, we'll see, I guess. Um, there's, I, th there's, and then there's the collaborative documentation piece that you talked about, Rob, that I am really, really excited about. Um, SAP. So, if for people who've used SAP documentation before, um, it has a very nice uh, user experience. Where with um, a hierarchical folder <laughs> setup, I don't know. It's like it it, it works. It's very dense. Um, it and it is oftentimes um, out of date and difficult to get changed, I guess I would say. Um, so there, SAP over the years, over the past five years or so has been introducing feedback mechanisms and that kind of thing. But you know, in the rest of the industry, the way that documentation is done now is um, that the documentation is maintained in public repositories where um, you can actually kind of see how it's being built a lot of the time. So if you go look at a lot of Microsoft documentation, they've got Git repositories that hold the docs um, and you can go in and, and suggest changes or, um, and see how it's being changed in real time. Um, and SAP is trying this now. So the business application studio documentation now, if you go to help.sap.com, um, in addition to the old feedback link, it's also got a edit this documentation link. And it's not a wiki, it's actually a link to GitHub. Um, and you can fork the repository and create a pull request to actually update the documentation. And somebody will review it and, um, and merge that in if it's, if it's um, a good addition to the, to the doc. So that's really cool. Um, I think it's great to be able to do that. And um, I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that it's a successful, um, a successful initiative. I think the, that the structure of the documentation is better already, and um, hopefully it gets rolled out to more yeah, products. Awesome. It's cool to see some of the the technologies that you know open source technologies have a lot of utility, and and as organizations like SAP start to embrace them internally and, and see the value, and as their customers are embracing them within their environment in different ways. It, it 
it starts to to make its way into core product features like that because they just see it. This is hey, this is a really smart way of doing that, and people obviously understand the paradigm, and and can kind of get their arms around it and see value in in you can being part of that maybe that crowdsourcing of of improvement for for you know what what is otherwise I would assume a pretty laborious effort to keep documentation like that updated. Yeah, it's actually an interesting. Sorry, it's actually interesting how it has made it so that the documentation update cycle is so much faster than it used to be. So I would talk with SAP product teams and and talk to them about, well, you know, this part of the documentation, it's not right. Like this, <laughs> this actually isn't how it works or this, or this used to be how it works, but it's changed. And um, it would take, it would, you know, you could just feel the pain, right? About, <laughs> about how, how long and how much effort it would take to update documentation. And yeah, now it's we'll, as easy as just fix it, even. And, and, Stop complaining oh, about it. Just fix it. Repository. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's 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 what they've been wanting to tell me for a decade, and now they finally can. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, there is so, so much of knowledge of SAP outside of SAP, right? So this is actually a brilliant yeah. way to capture that. And uh, yeah, now I think, uh, as Ethan said, now they will be able to tell him, "Don't complain, just do it." <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it brings to mind some of the old and still current, yeah. actually, product product wikis mm -hmm. on the SAP community mm -hmm. um, websites, which are which were so much more thorough and mo so much more useful than the actual product documentation. Um, it, that it was, I mean, kind of crazy. And a lot of those were actually maintained by SAP employees, um, and they did it there because they could they could actually do it there, and they couldn't do it in the documentation system. Um, and so hopefully that'll, this will be leading to a kind of convergence mm -hmm. of, of that sort of stuff. I think the one thing SAP might uh, have to look through is uh, standard versus non-standard, right? There's a lot of information out there uh, that could be built in customer projects uh, differently than the standard. So uh, filtering through that and keeping that quality check will be extremely important because otherwise it might give rise to wrong expectations of the product. So, Yeah, sure. All right. So I think this is a good point at which to um, talk about last thoughts before we sign off for the uh, for this Sapphire preview episode. Um, so who's going to go first with the last thought about uh, what's coming up at Sapphire? Could be could be different. Could be a summary. Well, I'll, I'll go first. Again, I'm 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 super right. eager to experience it again as much as I'm, I'm disappointed it's not in person like I said it's been a few years and actually the last time I went there I was I think I was doing some some a, a bunch of presentations and so I didn't get to fully immerse myself in it as much as as I'm, I'm able to now um, what I'll be looking for is <clears throat> how can I pick through you know what what people are actually doing with some of these technologies today and and I'm really hopeful that that I can find some either some customer use cases or even if SAP is able to help shed some light on you know what's real and what's being used, and um, and that's where I, I think I'll get a lot of value out of, of better understanding BTP and Rise and some of the other um, emerging technologies is by finding those those corners of of use cases that that help help me understand where it is and and what's happening with it today so we can do something practically with it. 
I think what is amazing for me with the virtual conference is the reach. I can just send it to the whole team and they can attend. Uh, and uh, that is a great experience for everybody who's working on the customer projects and a huge learning experience. That that wouldn't be there if we had the physical one. So I think at any point when the physical one comes back, I would still like to see most of the sessions online even for me later if i'm there physically i would still love to go back and see those sessions in between right so i th- think this is a, a big asset that shouldn't be taken away that is one aspect and the second aspect is uh, really to uh, look into the twitter world and uh, the social media and to really hear the opinion leaders uh, say whatever or whoever it is who's listening into a session say whatever they think about the session because a lot of times that is where i've got the most value from even while i am at sapphire to follow the twitter and see what are people telling about my products what are people telling about my lines of businesses and so on and this is where i think the real nugget lies so hopefully that will be there very strongly this year it probably just piling on to your first comment there think of how much money organizations like ours and and others are saving with the, with attending virtually like this right i mean it was a <laughs> it was an expensive endeavor to send somebody down there and and the time away from the office the getting on the plane the the hotel the the conference fees all of that is you know not not something we need to worry about this year and rob even for the sap people we were vying to be there to learn from the customers mm-hmm. right so even the sap people get to listen to all these sessions as well even if they are not there yeah. so that's great john yeah i think a couple of things for me just just our talk here has spawned i think three probably uh, full length podcasts on their own <laughs> you know one to to talk through btp my my biggest thing on on some of those things is you know you always Coming into Sapphire, you always have to wonder how how real is everything, and and where do those gaps lie, and and how we use this coming out of Sapphire. So, there's always very big announcements, and in us as a partner, you know, we're we're always looking for okay, how can we use it? How can we make sure our customers know about it? How can they implement it? So those are those are big things that are still yet to come, of course, as Sapphire comes up. But as we wrap up, kind of the the pre the pre session here, it's 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 a lot about. You know, just more questions for for me on are are they going to really go to town on explaining rise uh, explaining where BTP comes into play are they going to talk about actual s4 um, are, are they even going to mention the words on premise with s4 uh, or are we we just into hyperscalers now and nothing else um, so there's there's a lot of those just random topics as as we talk through things you know just more questions start to come up of will they cover x y and z from from the sap side but um but yeah i think obviously you know the the mindset nebula will be podcasting during the week as well and and we'll have a lot of topics to cover and and we're gonna we're gonna try to try to do our best to to cover a lot of things yeah should should uh, stay tuned to this channel so to speak um yeah and i think for me it's uh my kind of hope a little bit different from what we talked about is to hear more about the nuts and bolts of the promise of rise around um around making adoption easier and migration easier and the move to the cloud easier um i really want to hear about how 
all of these applications from SAP work together seamlessly and how extension works easily um, using, whether that's using tools like Kaima or, um, or even non-SAP tools. Um, but so where are all those like APIs and stuff like that? I'm a techie, so I want to hear that nuts and bolts type stuff, but I also want to hear the story and the commitment from SAP around, um, around all of that. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's a lot of, you know, products come to play, but you don't always see the, where everything's intertwined. I think it would be interesting to see how many sessions we need to un uh, attend to understand those intertwinings. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go read that collaborative documentation. <laughs> nice. So. So as John said, um, we will be continuing to podcast throughout the week of Sapphire. So you can see that here and we'll have blogs on the mindsetconsulting.com website um, that are giving some recaps of different topics at Sapphire. Um, so, and then we'll hope to see everybody on uh, online at Sapphire on sessions and on Twitter. And um, I don't know, are they, are they doing message boards? Uh, BBSs or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, no, I know we'll be doing. Uh, there, there's like uh, booth hours for for all partners and things like that, where you can actually yep. come in and, and chat to people live um, if you have questions on different things. So feel free to visit us there as well. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of us same folks will be will be in that room as well. If there's any any questions too. That's right. So we'll hope to see everybody there. Um, all right. Well, let's sign off. So we want to say. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Have a great uh, Labor Day Bye. weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs>